Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast, brought to you in part by Book of Zen, makers of inspirational fashion and gift ideas. Visit them online at bookofzen.com. Today's podcast has been edited and adapted from Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay, Compensation, published in 1841. A state of polarity, or action and reaction, is something that we meet in every part of nature, in darkness and light, in heat and cold, in the ebb and flow of waters, in male and female, in the undulations of sound, in electricity and chemical affinity. Superinduced magnetism at one end of a needle and the opposite magnetism takes place at the other end. If the south attracts, the north repels. To empty here you must condense there. An inevitable dualism bisects nature, so that each thing is a half, and suggests another thing to make it whole. Such as in spirit and matter, man and woman, odd and even subjective and objective, in and out, upper and under, motion and rest, yea and nay. While the world is thus dual, so is every one of its parts. The entire system of things gets represented in every particle. There is something that resembles the ebb and flow of the sea, day and night, man and woman, in a single needle of the pine, in a kernel of the corn, and in each individual of the world. Dualism underlies the nature and condition of humankind. Every excess causes a defect, every defect an excess. Every sweet has its sour, every evil its good. Every faculty which is a receiver of pleasure has an equal penalty put on its abuse. For every grain of wit, there is a grain of folly. For everything you have missed, you have gained something else. And for everything you gain, you lose something. Nature hates monopolies and exceptions. The waves of the sea do not more speedily seek a level from their loftiest tossing than the varieties of a condition tend to equalize themselves. There is always some leveling circumstance that puts down the overbearing, the strong, the rich, the fortunate, substantially on the same ground with all others. This undeniable law writes the laws of cities and nations. It is in vain to build or plot against it. Things refuse to be mismanaged long. Though no checks to a new evil may appear now, the checks exist and will appear in time. If a government is cruel, its officials are not safe. If taxes are too high, the revenue will yield nothing. If the criminal code is unjust, juries will not convict. If the law is too mild, private vengeance comes marching in. The universe is represented in every one of its particles. Everything in nature contains all the powers of nature. Everything is made of one hidden stuff. 
Every occupation, trade, art, transaction is a compendium of the world and a correlative of every other. Each individual is an entire emblem of human life, of its good and ill, its trials, its enemies, its course, and its end. And each one must somehow reside within the whole person and deliver his or her destiny. The world globes itself in a drop of dew. So do we put our life into every act. The true doctrine of omnipresence is that God reappears completely in every blade of grass and every cobweb. The value of the universe contrives to throw itself into every point. If the good is there, so is the evil. If the affinity, so the repulsion. If the force, so the limitation. Thus is the universe alive. All things are moral. The soul which within us is a sentiment, outside of us is a law. We feel its inspiration. Out there in history we can see its fatal strength. It is in the world, and the world was made by it. Justice is not postponed eternally. A perfect equity adjusts its balance in all parts of life. The dice of God are always loaded. The world looks like a multiplication table or a mathematical equation, which, turn it how you will, eventually balances itself. Take whatever concept you will. Its exact value, no more, no less, still returns to you. Every secret is told. Every crime is punished, every virtue rewarded, every wrong redressed, in silence and with certainty. What we call retribution is the universal necessity by which the whole appears wherever a part appears. If you see smoke, there must be fire. If you see a hand or a limb, you know that the trunk to which it belongs is there behind. Every act rewards itself, or in other words, integrates itself in a twofold manner. First, in the thing, or in real nature, and secondly, in the circumstance, or in apparent nature. We call this circumstance retribution. The causal retribution is in the thing, and it is seen by the soul. The retribution in the circumstance is seen by the understanding. It is inseparable from the thing, but is often spread over a long time, and so does not become distinct until after many years. The specific retribution may follow late after the offense, but it follows because it accompanies it. Crime and punishment grow out of one stem. Punishment is a fruit that unsuspected ripens within the flower of the pleasure which concealed it. Cause and effect, means and ends, seed and fruit, cannot be severed, for the effect already blooms in the cause. The end pre-exists in the means, the fruit in the seed. While the world thus will be whole and refuses to be divided, we seek to act partially, to sever, to appropriate. For example, to gratify the senses, we sever the pleasure of the senses from the needs of character. 
The ingenuity of humanity has always been dedicated to the solution of one problem. How to detach the sensual delights, the sensual strength, from the moral sense, the moral spirit. The soul says, you have dominion over all things to the ends of virtue, but the body would have the power over things to its own ends. The expression of this fact, this duality, can be found in the proverbs of all nations, which are always the literature of reason, or the statements of an absolute truth, without qualification. Proverbs, like the sacred books of each country, are the sanctuary of the intuition, that which the droning world, chained to appearances, will not allow the realists to say in their own words, it will suffer them to say in proverbs without contradiction. For example, tit for tat, an eye for an eye, give and it shall be given you, nothing ventured, nothing gained, put a chain around the neck of another, and the other end fastens itself around your own. It is thus written, because it is thus in life. You cannot speak, but you judge yourself. With your will or against your will, you draw your portrait to the eye of your companions by every word. Every opinion reacts on the person who utters it. It is a ball of string thrown at a target, but the other end remains in the thrower's bag. The wise individual knows that for every benefit which they receive, a tax is levied, and great are those who confer the most benefits, while to be base is to receive favors and render none. In the order of nature, we cannot render benefits to those from whom we receive them, or only seldom, but the benefit we receive must be rendered again, line for line, deed for deed, cent for cent, to somebody. Beware of too much good staying in your hand. It will fast corrupt and decay. Pay it away quickly in some sort of way. Labor is watched over by the same universal law. Human labor through all its forms, from the sharpening of a blade to the construction of a city, is one immense illustration of the perfect compensation of the universe. The absolute balance of give and take the doctrine that everything has its price, and if that price is not paid, something else is obtained, is not less sublime in the columns of a ledger than in the budget of states, in the laws of light and darkness, in all the action and reaction of nature. The law holds with equal sureness for all right action. Love and you shall be loved. All love is as mathematically just as the two sides of an algebraic equation. Good men and women possess an absolute good, which like fire turns everything to its own nature, so that you cannot do them any permanent harm. The good are befriended even by weakness and defect, just as no person has ever had a point of pride that was not injurious to them, so no person ever had a defect that was not somewhere made useful to them. Every individual in their lifetime needs to thank their faults. No person thoroughly understands the truth until they have struggled against it. Likewise, no individual has a thorough acquaintance with their hindrances or talents until they have suffered defeat. 
our strength grows out of our weakness. The indignation which arms itself with secret forces does not awaken until we are pricked and stung and sorely assailed. Great men and women are always willing to be little. When we sit on the cushion of advantages, we go to sleep. But when we are pushed, tormented, and defeated, we have a chance to learn something. We have gained facts, learned of our ignorance, been cured of the insanity of our conceit. In general, every evil to which we do not succumb is a benefactor. We gain the strength from the temptations we resist. The same guards which protect us from disaster, defect, and enmity defend us, if we will, from selfishness and fraud. Many people suffer all their life long under the foolish superstition that they can be cheated. But it is as impossible for you to be cheated by anyone but yourself as for a thing to be and not to be at the same time. There is a third silent party to all our bargains. The nature and soul of things takes on itself the guarantee of the fulfillment of every contract so that honest service cannot come to loss. If you serve an ungrateful master, serve them the more. Put God in your debt. Every stroke shall be repaid. The longer the payment is withheld, the better for you. For compound interest on compound interest is the rate in usage of this treasury. Therefore do all things with indifference to your circumstances, knowing that everything has two sides, a good and an evil, and that every advantage has its tax. Learn to be content. However, do not confuse the doctrine of compensation with the doctrine of indifferency. The thoughtless may say on hearing these words, What good is it to do well then? If I gain any good, I must inevitably pay for it. If I lose any good, I gain some other. All actions are indifferent. Remember that there is a deeper fact in the soul than compensation, to wit, its own nature. The soul is not a compensation, but a life. The soul is. Under all this running sea of circumstance, whose waters ebb and flow with perfect balance, lies the aboriginal abyss of real being. Essence, or God, is not a relation or a part, but the whole. Being is the vast affirmative, swallowing up all relations, parts, and times within itself. There is no penalty to virtue, no penalty to wisdom. They are the proper additions of being. In a virtuous action, I properly am. In a virtuous act, I add to the world. There can be no excess to love, knowledge, and beauty when these attributes are considered in their purest sense. The soul refuses limits and always affirms an optimism, never a pessimism. Your life must be a progress and not a station. There comes a time when every soul, by necessity, must quit its home, its friends, its attitudes and beliefs, just as the shellfish crawls out of its beautiful but stony case because it no longer admits of its growth, and then slowly, 
forms a new house. But we cannot part with our friends. We cannot let our past go. We do not see that they only go out to let a greater world in. We are idolaters of the old. We do not believe in the riches of the soul, in its proper eternity and omnipresence. We do not believe there is any force today to rival or recreate that beautiful yesterday. We linger in the ruins of the old tent, where once we had bread and shelter and warmth, refusing to believe that the spirit can feed, cover, and energize us again. We sit and weep, blocking out that voice within which is calling out upwards and onwards forevermore. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. For free transcripts of our podcast, please go to livinghour.org. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, which will ensure that we can continue our podcast for years to come. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Simply do a quick search for the Inspirational Living Podcast at patreon.com to find our Patreon page and learn more, including the free gifts we offer to every patron. Subscribe to our free podcast today at the iTunes Store, or at Google Play, or at Stitcher.com. Thank you for listening. We look forward to being with you next time.